Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Faith FM. You're here with Chapo and Bethany, and you are listening to The Marriage Project. I hope you're having a great afternoon. How are you? <laughs> I, I was just pranking Chapo before we started, but here we are. It's a great time to be with you all today here on The Marriage Project. This afternoon, we are talking about forgiveness. So, particularly the words of Jesus where he said, like, forgive and be forgiven. Yes. Yes, in, in the Lord's Prayer and around the Lord's Prayer. But we're... Talking about how does that relate to marriage? And the bigger picture, again, that we've highlighted before, but needs to be highlighted once again, is there's no Bible verse that tells you how to forgive your spouse. But there are Bible verses that tells you why you should and how to forgive other people. Yeah, and your spouse is not <laughs> um, outside of that range of other people. Like, we are expected to treat our spouses the same way that we are called to treat other human beings in light of the gospel. Yes. Do you think sometimes we forget that, that we treat our spouse like they're part of the furniture at our house rather than actually another person who deserves our respect and kindness and love and all the good stuff? Yeah, you treat me like that all the time. And (laughs) and I'm aware of the way that I can do that as well. So, So that idea of that we don't, yeah, I don't know, that we feel like we need to give our best self to other people and our worst self to each other. But also the idea that when Jesus is calling us to live a certain way in light of the fact that we have been redeemed and we are part of his family and part of his kingdom, that that same process applies to the people that we love the most and that we live with. They are not just an extension of of the stuff that is around us. They are mm. living human people who we need to honour as people who are bearers of the image of God. Mm. And if someone is your spouse, if somebody is your chosen person to spend your life with, why not treat them better than all the other people and social interactions that you have in your everyday life. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yes. So, what are we covering this afternoon? So, today we're talking about forgive and be forgiven, which is what Jesus said. We're talking about how forgiveness is good for you and how forgiveness doesn't mean enabling or covering up somebody else's bad behavior and that forgiveness is hard. True. Yeah. Would you say in your experience that forgiveness is hard? Oh, 100%. It's, it's so hard, hard. Because it goes against what we are, I think, wired to do as human beings. Mm. You see it in children. Children are not quick to forgive. Mm. They're quick to hold on to their grudges, hold on to their <laughs> hurt, hold on to their whatever it is, because they want revenge. <laughs> revenge. Revenge is, feels more... Like the the right thing to do yeah. in the fibre of your being, doesn't it? The yeah. forgiveness. Yeah. For so, what did sure. Jesus say? What did he actually say? So, this is on the list of things that one of my lecturers at college called things that you wish Jesus did not say. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, it would be really nice if Jesus just said in the Lord's Prayer, and forgive our sins. But he doesn't. No. He says, forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So, it's sort of like a caveat. Well, it, but that's not the only thing Jesus says on the topic Yeah, in that same passage. What, yeah. what is he going to say? Just so, do you want me to read it? Yes, please. All right, Matthew chapter 6 <coughs> and verses 12 to 15. And it says, And forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Heavy stuff. Ouch, hey. <laughs> yeah. so, so I can see 
why that would come into the category of things that you wish Jesus hadn't have said. Out of all of the grand and marvelous things that Jesus said, that's that's a hard one to swallow. Yeah. It'd be nice to just put a bit of like correction tape on that part of the Bible. Because it grates against our our humanness. Yeah. It rubs up against us in a way that is uncomfortable because it says that there is something you need to do that is tough. Mm, and it would be nice if we didn't have to. Yep. If God did the hard things and we didn't have to. But is that the only reason why we wish Jesus didn't say it? Because it's hard, or because it seems like it's it's work for well, us. Yeah, but it's it's almost as if Jesus is putting a condition on our forgiveness, mm-hmm. which kind of feels a bit wrong in light of the gospel. You know what I mean? Like it kind yeah. of it kind of doesn't feel right. It almost seems like it's a workspace thing, but I don't think it's a it's a workspace. But it's definitely um, a, a, a huge expectation on us that because we have been forgiven for so much. How could we continue to be unforgiving to other people? Mm. We became a part of the kingdom of God through the mercy of Jesus and his forgiving power over us. How could we carry on to be unforgiving in light of that? Yeah, and I guess that's the thing is that when we forgive others, it shows how much we value what Jesus has done for us. Because when we don't forgive others, then we're cheapening what Jesus has done or we're not taking to heart what Jesus has done for us in forgiving our sins. That's right. Yeah. And also it's, um, it, you know, for Jesus to say, you know, how can we expect to be forgiven if we won't also offer forgiveness? It shows how incredibly important it is as all of the values that we should defend and uphold as part of being a follower of Jesus to be forgiving is absolutely the core mm. of what it means to, to behave like the kingdom of God behaves. Well, it's the core of what it means to behave like, Jesus, because that's how we see Jesus treating his friends and us. That's right. As well. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, why did Jesus say it? Because he wanted us to follow it out and to live it in our lives? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And it's not just a Jesus thing as well, because Paul repeats this concept as well in Colossians chapter 3.13 and Ephesians chapter 4.32. There's ideas that as believers, when we have problems with another person, that it is good to forgive and to bear one another's burdens and to um, to come together and to create unity by That's forgiveness. Right. That's right. Yeah. The, the, the really hard thing in that statement is that forgiveness is a godlike behaviour, mm. but not forgiving is a human behaviour. And there, like Jesus puts such an emphasis on it because he's actually calling us into a place where we're living more the way that God lives than the way that we would naturally live. Mm. You know that old saying? Like It was from like the... 1700s, um, to err is human, but to forgive is divine. Oh, I don't know who said that, but yeah, fair Yeah, but it's so, like, it's 100% true. It yeah. really is. Like, to make mistakes is totally a human thing. To forgive mistakes, that's something that's part of the nature of God, mm. but something that he wants to become part of our natural mode of operation. And I guess that's why, like, we need God's help to be able to do it as well, because it feels unnatural for us. So, when the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts, that's when we can have the power to be able to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. It's a tough one. Isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. a big one. All right. Are we going to talk about how forgiveness is good for you? We will talk about that, but let's take a bit of a break first. Radical. All right. Back here very soon on Faith Effect. Swim in the ocean of his love. Yeah. 
soak it in and you'll be safe Happy and free in his embrace Ah, what was that song called? It's easy to find out. Download the free Faith FM app for your smartphone or tablet to see our full daily schedule of programs and music. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo. And today we are talking about forgiveness, particularly the part of the Bible where Jesus says, forgive and be forgiven, which is a hard saying of Jesus. And we've been talking about how it is challenging for us, but we're also going to be talking about how it's good for you to forgive someone and that forgiveness doesn't mean covering up somebody else's mistakes and that forgiveness is hard. Is forgiveness hard, chat? Oh, it's totally hard. Yeah. Look, before we move on to anything else, there's all of Matthew 18 covers this idea of forgiveness and bringing relationships back together, right? So, it's not just in around the Lord's Prayer. It's, It's something that Jesus spoke about often. There's a story where one of the disciples said, how many times should I forgive someone who's wronged me? And he says, is seven times enough? And what does Jesus say back to him? Mm, 70 times 7. Yep, 70 times 7, yep. which is 490, which is not really the number. It's not like you're supposed to count that many. The whole idea is that you don't count, that it's mm. a really big number. But for the rabbis, what the Jewish rabbis taught people is that you only had to forgive people three times. So, the disciple actually thought he was being quite generous. And he says, hey, Jesus, what about when we forgive people? What about if we do it seven times? Wouldn't that be like... Pretty radical, wouldn't that be yeah. out there? So he was thinking of like a really cool big number. Yeah, like, like, that's more than double. Yeah, that's, that's more than awesome. double what the <laughs> rabbis expect. Because if, if you forgave someone three times and they wronged you again, it was like, no, nah, forget them. Cut them Cut off. Cut them off. That mm. was the rabbi's teaching. So, yeah, this disciple's coming to Jesus with like, hey, let's do something crazy, right? Let's go to seven. And Jesus responds, how about we go to 70 times seven? How about we make it huge? Wow. A number that you're not supposed to count. So, that's the idea that yeah. Jesus is presenting. And then he goes on and Jesus tells this parable to try to illustrate that point of how big forgiveness is in the kingdom of God. Do you remember the story? Um, it's about a story of a guy who's forgiven a big debt and then goes out and strangles somebody who doesn't owe him that much. Yeah, that's right. Can so, you, like, elaborate a bit more? Well, it's it's... the. The actual, the text of it is insane. Yeah. Like, it's a stupid amount of money. There's a man who owes a very wealthy person a lot of money. And it's like the, the equivalent of 200,000 years worth of wages is how much he owes the person. So, oh. it's it's supposed to sound ridiculous, right? It's so, supposed yeah. to, the point is that you're not supposed to think, oh, no one could ever earn that much money and have it as a debt. The idea is that it is this ridiculous obscene, ludicrous amount of money that this man owes this other person. It's actually really interesting, though, because in Scripture um, you find um, things like the Lear of Jubilee and land being returned and and um, and how God set up systems so that people didn't end up into cycles of poverty over generations. That's right. Because in their society they could pass debts down to their generations below them. So, and that's the idea. That's you the thing is like you're looking at not just this man's debt but the debt of something that's going to go on to his children, his grandchildren and, and beyond continue that. to grow up in, in, grow in interest and And they will have that, generational yeah. poverty because of that debt. Yeah, yeah that's it's right. huge. So anyway, in the parable, and it's only a story, it's not a real event that Jesus is describing, it's a parable, but he says that this wealthy man forgives this person the debt and says you're free to go. But then mm. later that man sees someone who owes him just a small amount of money. It's about you know, three months wages or something like that, and then goes and beats him and chokes him Mm. because he's so angry that he hasn't paid him back his money. Mm. And it highlights that idea, like, how could someone who's been forgiven so much not extend mercy to someone else? Mm. 
Yeah. And then three months, like, that's still a significant amount of money. Like, that's still, that would make a difference in your life. Absolutely. But it just goes to show that the huge amount of money didn't make a difference in his life at all. No, it's it's like comparing $5,000 to $5 billion. Yeah. That's the kind of, like, comparison that it's, it's yeah. attempting to make. Yeah. And it just highlighting the idea again that core to who people are who identify as belonging to Jesus is we are people who have forgiveness as part of our nature. Mm. doesn't mean we get stepped on or walked over. It's not the same thing, but that we are quick to forgive mm. and also quick to apologize sometimes too. Well, um, quick to forgive is sort of one of the characters of, characteristics of God as well, like how you were saying that it's, it's divine to forgive. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. And so quick to forgive is one of the characteristics of God as well. Like you read um, descriptions of God in the Old Testament in particular, it often says that God is long-suffering and slow to anger. And that's that idea of that he's quick to forgive, that he's calm, that he doesn't let his pot boil over, but that he yeah. waits in it, patience for us as well. That's a super challenging one for me mm. because I know that like part of my biggest shame as a, as a dad is that I've can have a short temper after mm. particularly at the end of the week and I'm exhausted and I've had a lot of stressful issues that I've had to deal with and the kids see the worst of me because they might be doing something wrong but instead of calmly approaching them I'm like what are you doing like zero to a hundred like don't do that and, but what am I showing them about a god who is slow to anger mm. in that so that's a big one for me that's so true and that's actually <laughs> A natural thing is that um, your window of tolerance just goes smaller when you are more stressed or you've got more deadlines or you're more busy. So it's like it doesn't take much to take you outside of that window of tolerance as well. Oh, the, the window of tolerance is probably a big topic we need to talk about another time. <laughs> you can't just drop that in as a little thing and expect people to know what it is. Oh, the, window, the window of tolerance is a, is a really big deal. And something is it? Yeah. I was just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that like what you can handle – You've got more ability to do that when you're in a calm state totally. than when you're stressed or anxious or got a bunch of deadlines or whatever it The idea be. of having a healthy window of tolerance of those, even when bad things do come along, you can cope with them yes, in that space. that's but right. Anyway. Yeah. So, forgiveness is good for you. It is good for you. Or so, so I'm told. If you would like to know more about it, Faith FM sponsors a program called Forgive to Live and you can jump online and go to forgivetolive.org.au or just punch Forgive to Live in Google and it will come up. And it's got some really great resources on how to make forgiveness part of your life and how it is good for you, for your health, for your life, for your long-term health as well. Because bitterness, resentment, anger and a desire for vengeance can lead to the production of stress hormones being produced in your body when you're not actually doing something stressful. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, do you know, can you remember what those stress hormones are, Chad? Oh, I can because I'm very familiar with them, unfortunately. Cortisol mm. and adrenaline. Yeah. And, and when they flood your body and you don't expel them in the way that you're supposed to, it can cause all sorts of health problems. Mm. Not limited to just mental health problems, but certainly it's a massive um, factor in battling anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. But it can also have other effects negative towards your physical well-being yep. when your body is flooded with too many of those particular hormones. It can affect your digestive system and it can affect your sleep patterns. It can affect your libido. Yes, lots of things. Um, because cortisol and adrenaline are released by our bodies when we're in that flight, fight or freeze response, which helps us to suppress our appetite and focus all our energy on running if we need to run or to help us to be able to fight if we need to fight and to be really strong and to, you know, focus on that. But 
if we don't actually have any immediate danger and it's just living inside of us in the background, bubbling away as anger and resentment, then well, that's, that's the really idea. So us. just hanging on and not letting go. So clinging to resentment, clinging to anger, clinging to a desire to get revenge is actually continually pumping those hormones into your system without you even intentionally doing anything about it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, right. it's, that's really important to just recognize that clinging to that and holding to that and not instead of releasing it in the act of forgiveness is hurting you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And holding on to those hormones as well is connected to burnout and all sorts of stuff as well, which is really ugly for your life. So we need to forgive in order to live well, in order to feel positive about our lives and also to have healthy bodies. Absolutely. Um, are we meant to forget when we forgive? Oh, look, this is a big one for me. Mm. I really enjoy talking about this because I don't understand the statement, to mm-hmm. be honest, like forgive and forget. Because forgetting is something that you have no control over. Like we often get frustrated with the kids for forgetting stuff. Mm. But they have no power over whether they forget or not. You don't choose to forget. I don't even know how to intentionally forget something. I, I wish there is some really stuff that I, I wish I could forget. And other stuff that I wish I hadn't forgot. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Forgive, forgetting is not intentional, but forgiveness is. Yeah. So the idea of forgive and forget, I don't know why we pair the two together. I think it comes from the way that God treats our sin. And yes. I think biblically there's this idea that God forgives us and he's, and it says that he casts our sins to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Um, and he chooses not to think about them anymore. That's right. Um, and I even think it says that he, he remembers them no more. That's right. Which means yeah, he no longer dwells on them and, and perhaps God has ability to intentionally forget, but I don't. Yeah. And I don't think it's always the right thing to do either. I don't think it is okay to pretend that something never happened, but it's still right to forgive that thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so if we still remember, that doesn't mean that we haven't properly forgiven or that we didn't actually do it. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and, And thanks for clearing up where that idea comes from as well, because like, even though it is being more like God and being more like Jesus to forgive, the forgetting part is something that we don't really have control over. That's right. Yeah. And, and some, some things we have to forgive people for, but you also need to take the right steps to make sure those things don't happen again yes, as well. And yeah. So you don't just pretend it never happened. That's right. Yeah. Especially when there's a safety issue. 100%. And sometimes there's no apology. Sometimes there's no acknowledging of wrongdoing and sometimes there's no reconciliation as well. And that's really hard. That's right. But we still forgive anyway because the apology, the acknowledging of wrongdoing, the having a good relationship with another person, that takes two people. The, but forgiving takes one person. It's between you and God. And you right. don't need to have the other person's input to still have forgiveness. I've heard people say that, that forgiveness is conditional upon an apology, but I don't believe that's the case at all, mm. that often we will forgive when there's been no apology just because yeah. it's us saying, you know what, I'm not going to hang on to these bad feelings about this other person. I'm going to release that. Mm, You had a really great example of um, somebody who might not have apologised in the Bible. That's right. So, you know Malchus? I don't don't know that name. So, Malchus was the guard who, when Jesus was arrested in Gethsemane, who Peter cut his ear off. Oh, I know the story, but I didn't know that he had a name. He has a name. His name is Malchus. So, so, you know, Jesus Jesus is being arrested. Peter rises up in defense to Jesus and he swings his sword. He was probably trying to cut the guy's head off, but just was not a good swordsman, being a fisherman. Sorry, Peter. (laughs) And he nicked off the guy's ear and it fell to the ground. Now, imagine the pain you would feel. Immense. Immense, right? Yeah. And the blood, that's warm blood dripping down your cheek and what's going on? How come I can't hear very well? Like, what is happening? Oh, yeah. And what goes on? What's the next part of the story? Um, Jesus picks up his ear 
and puts his ear back on his body and he's healed. It heals him. And then yes, he's, he's whole he, again. He's whole again. So, yeah. the, the you know, the blood stops flowing. His hearing goes back to complete normal. Like, it's just this amazing thing that he experiences. And so, I wonder, did Peter ever apologise? It doesn't tell us in scripture that he did. It doesn't tell us that he does. Because the question and is- Peter wasn't really- Peter was a bit of a hothead. I don't know if he was the kind of person who apologised very easily. Like, I think this oh. saying of Jesus would have been hard for Peter. I love Peter because he got everything wrong with the poor bloke. <laughs> but with, here's the situation, right? Because the question is, did Malchus become a follower of Jesus? Likely. Likely. Like, you, you got to imagine experiencing firsthand the power of the God who you came to arrest and he heals you. Right in front of you. Like, that would have to have an impact on your life, right? Yeah, because there were guards who were converted at the crucifixion of Jesus. Here's the other thing. The Gospels weren't written straight away. Mm. So, the Gospels weren't written immediately. They were written years later. Yeah. And the fact that the name of that guard is recorded, and we know his name was Malchus, is a really good indication of to the fact that he actually became a part of the Christian community. Mm. And they were writing about someone that they knew because he was also a follower of Jesus. So, just yeah, wow. historically, it's a really good indication that he became a follower. So, I wonder, did Peter ever like come up you know, at a, at a church meeting one day and be like, oh, mate, I'm, I'm so sorry about your ear, like- you know, and would he have wanted an apology? Would he have said, don't apologize? If you had to cut my ear off, I wouldn't have experienced the healing power of Jesus. Like, what are you talking about? Mm. Um, or, or do you think or that Malchus they- held on to that offense? And Peter walks into the upper room and Malchus is like, I'm out, I'm out of here. I'm I can't believe here. someone invited Peter. This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I'm just gone. I can't be here. This is, this is really triggering me. Yeah. I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's a, it's a really cool story about the idea of sometimes you need to forgive without an apology. Mm. And sometimes Jesus is the only one that can heal when someone else hurts you as well. We do need to take a break. We'll be back very soon here on Faith FM. No radio reception? No problem. Download the free Faith FM app onto your phone or tablet to listen anytime, anywhere.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to Chapman Bethy on the Marriage Project. And this afternoon, we have been talking about forgiveness, particularly the words of Jesus, where he told us that it was really important if we want to be forgiven, that we extend forgiveness to other people. And we're going to be moving into soon how that actually relates to a married couple. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about it as an idea as an and idea. what it means as a follower of Jesus, which is really important because if you're a married person and you're a follower of Jesus, then we need to live these things out in our lives and in our marriage. That's both. right. And in marriage, there's probably a lot more to forgive because you're just because <laughs> you're together a lot more and you grate on each other a lot more and you see the worst side of each other a lot more than other people do. Mm. So yeah, it's a it's a good thing. That is true. So we ended off just before the break talking about how sometimes you don't get an apology when somebody has wronged you. They don't even acknowledge that what they did was wrong. They might think that it was okay. But we still have need to give forgiveness for our own well-being as well because holding on to that past and that negativity harms us and stops us from moving forward and That's stops right. us from living our best life in Jesus. Um, and I just want to acknowledge that Jesus still had scars on his hands and on his body after he was resurrected. They didn't go away. Forgiveness doesn't make Forgiveness the doesn't remove the consequences. Go away. The consequences go away, so, yeah. yeah. That's and right. that's okay to acknowledge as well. So the other thing that I want to acknowledge before we move into it as well is that forgiveness is not enabling. Do you know what the word enabling means? It's a real uh, fancy, like, we throw around the word narcissist and enabling and stuff like that these days. Um, do you know what it means? It means that you behave in a certain way that it allows another person to continue in a in toxic behaviour. Is that, I don't know, I'm just guessing here. You're the one who's yeah. counselling units. Yeah, for sure. So it's ignoring, <coughs> tolerating, excusing, denying, covering up, or even paying for somebody else's destructive behaviour. Okay. So um, you see that a lot of the time when somebody's got addictions, um, family members don't want other people outside of the household to know how bad it truly is or often they'll they'll pay with their money to cover up somebody's debts or whatever it might be. Um, and that's actually not helping the person to hit rock bottom, realise their problem and be able to seek help and move forward. So yeah. when we cover up for them, we're actually enabling them to continue in bad patterns of behaviour. Now, Scripture actually talks about that we call one another to better behaviour as believers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So, it's a, it's a, that's a biblical idea. Yeah. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it talks about restoring a person that is caught in sin. And we see that in Jesus' in Jesus' life, when sinners are brought to him, he tells them to sin no more, and he encourages them to turn their lives around. And so, and that idea of like iron sharpening iron in um, a friendship or in the church relationship. I sort of heard, I once heard it described as like monkeys. Do monkeys? you ever feel like a monkey as a believer in Jesus? Never. <laughs> I so, can honestly say that has never, ever crossed my mind. Have you ever watched monkeys like at the zoo or at a monkey park? What do they do? I don't know. Jump around? Yeah. What do they do to each other? I don't know. They, I haven't paid enough attention. Enough I don't attention. really love, I don't care about monkeys okay. very much. I find monkeys real boring at the zoo because I love giraffes so much. I'm like, we need to get past the monkeys to get to the giraffes. Yeah, so. All that monkeys do is like scream and run around and pick nits off each other and eat them. Oh, cool. Have you ever seen monkeys do that? No. Really? You haven't seen them like play with each other's hair and they're like looking through and they find something and they pull it out and then they eat it? Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just haven't thought about it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so monkeys clean each other's fur especially on the back of each other because they can't reach it and they can't help themselves. And so that's what we like as the believers of Jesus. So you can't be a Christian on your own. You need other believers to help you get the oh, bugs out. Okay. <laughs> that, that, look, that's a big idea 
in scripture, but not a big idea in society. Yeah. In like society now, it says like, you can't judge me. Like you, like you can't. In the Bible, there's this idea of being open to rebuke because yes. we all want to be better. And sometimes it's the community around us that actually calls us to behave in a way that that is closer to following the heart of God, right? That's right. And to encourage other believers to care about what God cares about because God still cares about mercy and justice and righteousness and discipleship and following what Jesus wants for our lives. So we need to spare each other on in that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but your big idea, though, is that forgiveness is not the same as allowing someone to continue in destructive behaviour. That's right. That's Yeah. Yeah. So we need to be the monkeys. We need to pick the bugs out of each other. We don't just be like, oh, nice infestation. Let me just put some lotion on it for you. We actually are helping each other out. Cool. <laughs> Did I take the monkeys too far? <laughs> Maybe. But look, hey, I, know, I understand now. It's okay. I don't even like monkeys that much. But yeah, that's what I thought was a good analogy for how it works in a Christian life. Um, so can you think of an example in scripture where somebody was enabling somebody's bad behavior or where somebody else called out the bad behavior of another person? <coughs> oh, look, one of my heroes of the Bible is the prophet Nathan. Mm. Like that guy is so underrated in terms of like just powerful, faithful, godly men, bold men. Yeah. He was the one who went into King David and said, hey, mate, what you've done is really wrong and God has seen it and you need to... Make it right. Yeah. And nobody else up until that point was calling him out on his cover-up. Everybody else was going along with it because he's the king and yeah. he could kill you if he decided to because you went against his wishes. That's right. Oh, yeah. Even just delivering, even just being the person who delivered bad news to a king could Correct. often mean that you would die. Yeah. Because. <laughs> and so Nathan yeah. actually goes and says, okay, this is what God told me. That you did that's not okay. Yeah. And you need to, you need to get right with God. You need to sort out your life. What a, what yeah. a legend. <laughs> that's huge. So that's um, a big one. Yeah. A New Testament one, Ananias and Sapphira. Um, he, I thought that was an interesting one because they're married, but it's also one of those like really curly texts of the Bible. But he lies about his financial situation yep. and he dies. And then his wife comes in and Peter says to her, is what he said true? Did he give all of his money to the church? And she says, yeah, yeah, that's right. And it turns out that she's covering up his lies and then she dies also. Wow. And so they're, they're, the consequence of their sin is immediate and they die in that moment, which is really intense, but they are called oh, out for their cover-up. If only they had had Faith FM and they could have listened to this episode of The Marriage Project and, you know, like they could have encouraged <laughs> each other to do better. I was like, what? We were talking about them? It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, um, what about Rebecca and Jacob? Rebecca helps her son to trick his own father into giving him the blessing and the birthright. Well, and you think Jacob should have been like, no, mum. Yeah, it I'm was kind of the mum's was helping sort of cook it all up because she was like, you're my favourite after all. So, yeah. And then it follows Jacob for the rest of his life that he has difficult relationships because he is running from his past. Yeah. Um, another one is Abraham and Sarah. God says, Abraham, you're going to have a child in your old age. And Sarah says, no, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Sarah's like, actually, I'm pretty she old. Laughs. Maybe you should try this slave girl instead and make an alternative plan. And so that leads to a lot of hurt and heartbreak in that family. So what, you, Moses shouldn't have enabled. You mean Abraham? Abraham, sorry. Abraham, yeah, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Abraham shouldn't have enabled Sarah. Is that yeah, what you should have yeah. called his wife out and been like, no, we're trusting God here. We're going to cool. wait. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, the classic, 
Laban. Do you know who that guy is? Yeah. He's the dad. He's the, he's the uncle. He's the uncle and he's the dad of Leah and Rachel. Yep. And on the wedding day, he just casually throws in the wrong sister. Oh. Oh, into the mix. And so Jacob marries the wrong sister. And he's like, yeah, well, she's the oldest, so it's, it makes sense. You should have thought about this. <laughs> yep. And he's uh, yeah, he's such a tricker. And so all of those things show that it has really harmful consequences on your life and that God doesn't want us to live in a way that enables another person to okay. carry on in trickery and sin and deceit and to cover up their bad behaviour. Yeah. Yeah. So can we talk about now how forgiveness is really hard? Have we talked about how forgiveness is good for you and it's not enabling and we can move forward into how it's hard? I think so. Yeah. All right. Coolness. Forgiveness is hard. Do you think it's hard? I find it hard to forgive you sometimes. Oh. It's not because I don't like you. It's just because I'm human and it's, I want to hold on to the – do you ever want to just hold on to the hurt because it's the story that you can keep telling that allows you to be the hurt person and the right person and the other person to be wrong? Sometimes. Yeah. Probably not with you. In general? In, in general. Life? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I know you've, in the past you used to have a little list – of all of my grievances. Yeah, so we've talked about on the show before about how defensiveness is my go-to bad behaviour in a conflict situation. And so what that means for me is that I have this like backlog in the back of my brain, sort of like a list, a deep file. And in that file is a record of all of your wrongs from history. And I bring all of those out that match with the current circumstance. And I'm just like, well, here is past evidence that you are a scumbag that I have collected. Wow. Yeah. And that, and when you're saying something, I'm not even listening. I'm just thinking of all the things that relate. I don't realize that I'm doing it and I'm not trying to be a horrible person, but it's how I be defensive because I'm trying to protect myself yep. in that conflict situation. That's right. Defensiveness is the, like, it's the roadblock to effective communication. Yeah. Because you can't connect when somebody's got their walls up and you can't hear. Because you're not listening, you're just mm. using the time that the other person is talking to gather ammunition and get ready to fire back. So you never actually hear what is really going on with your spouse. Yes. So forgiveness helps us to put that list down. That's right. To just calm down on the deep. And if file. defensiveness is something that, like, you are struggling with in your own, like, communication with your spouse, like, I really encourage you to work on it, to mm. pray about it, to try to surrender that, to try to intentionally not go straight into protect myself mode, but actually listen and hear and communicate from a, a place of calm and mm. peace. And John Gottman's got some great stuff on that. You can look on the um, Gottman online and he's got seven principles of making marriage work as well, which he talks about it. But it, the cure to it is taking responsibility for your own part because often when we see the other person as wrong and ourselves as right, that's when we get defensive. That's right. Mm. We need to take a quick break, but stick with us here on Faith FM. We'll be back very soon. Make sure you tune in to The Breakfast Show to Encounter God, play the quiz, hear great music and noteworthy news. All that and much more every morning on Faith FM. Join the Faith FM family and connect with what's happening around the network. Visit faithfm.com.au slash newsletter or text the code word sign up to 0488-80831. And let's connect today. Did you miss part of a program or didn't catch the name of the presenter? We've got you covered. Just go to faithfm.com.au and check out our daily schedule page. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo, where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how it translates into real life. Today, we're talking about biblical wisdom around forgiveness, particularly the saying that Jesus said, forgive and be forgiven. Now, he didn't say that to married people, 
But it sure can apply to your married life because it applies to your life as a believing person. 100%. Yes. And so there's not a lot of texts in the Bible that says, if you're married, do this. But there's a lot of texts in the Bible that say, do this when you follow Jesus. So apply it to your marriage. I think it's a really good practice, though, as well. Like when you're reading the Word of God and you're coming across things that we are being called to, like forgiveness, like compassion, like um, not holding records of wrongs, all this kind of stuff, right, Mm -hmm. to think about how is this playing out in my marriage? Mm. Like to act- actively think, okay, so this is the thing that I'm being called to. This is how God wants me to behave with other people. How am I doing that here first as well as out there? Mm. And I like how you brought up not keeping records of wrongs. So that's in First Corinthians chapter 13. It says, love keeps no record of wrongs. And just before the break, I was talking about how I get really defensive and that's my learned pattern of behavior when it comes to conflict is that I need to protect myself and put walls up and build a deep file of lists that prove that you are in the wrong and I'm in the right. Mm. And, um, yeah, keeping no records of wrongs has been a really challenging part for me in our relationship. Because the whole idea of being a forgiving person goes against our natural instincts, Mm. which is why, again, forgiveness is hard. So there's a whole list of things that I think forgiveness is not. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that quickly. Forgiveness is not natural. And we've covered that. Mm. Forgiveness is not just how we naturally operate. Forgiveness is a choice that we have to make that goes against our natural instincts. Mm. Forgiveness is not comfortable. Yes, that Forgiveness is true. sometimes does not feel good because you know what feels comfortable? Covering ourselves up in a blanket of our own ugly feelings about people and festering, and festering. <laughs> dwelling on it. Yeah, that's what feels <laughs> Even though it hurts us, for some reason it still feels good because it's comfortable. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, but forgiveness is not comfortable. Forgiveness is doing something that is stepping out of what is comfortable. Mm. Um, forgiveness, and we spoke about this, forgiveness is not forgetting. Mm. It is not the same thing. And sometimes it's not always wise to forget when you forgive. And sometimes you can't. Sometimes, sometimes you have got legitimate trauma that you can't get rid of in your life no matter how much you want to. That's right. And you need to get therapy to help you move forward in that. But sometimes... We can put additional pressure on somebody by saying you need to forget as well as forgive because forgiveness is the part that God actually wants us to do. Forgetting is something that we might need much more help to be able to get past. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. Mm. Um, and here's two, I think, really important ones. Forgiveness is not instant. Mm. As in like you don't do it straight away or the effects of it don't happen straight away? Sometimes it takes a while. Mm-hmm. to get to that place. The other thing is sometimes it's not permanent. Mm. And I can think of a number of relationships in my life or maybe lack of relationships in my life where there's people who have significantly hurt me and I've gone through a forgiveness process, but then something comes up. Like, so, so look, I'll be open. My, my relationship with my dad is non-existent. Okay, I've only met him once in my life and he yeah, did not like want zero. to he did not want to have anything to do with me. So that constant feelings of abandonment and um things that I missed out on is something that I'm always feeling anger towards and like mm. I really just want to fight him. Like like that's a that's the natural feelings that bubble up. I just want to hurt him because he has hurt me. Right? Yes. And so I've gone through the process of letting go and and forgiving that and being at peace with that. But then I might see a movie where there's a dad who abandons his kid, or I might, or it might be the opposite. I might see something that that is like a perfect family, and then I realise that I never had that, and then I get all those feelings up again. So I've got to go through that process again. So it's not instant, it's not permanent, mm. but that's still okay. 
I like that, that it's not permanent because sometimes we do have to go through cycles of re-forgiving and re-letting go of the thing that's hurt us. That's right. Yeah. And here's the toughest one of things that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not optional. Ouch. (laughs) Because it would be really nice if Jesus said, forgive those, forgive our sins, and then sometimes if it's working out for you, forgive the other person. But if not, that's okay. That's okay too. Yep. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, he doesn't. He says, do it because that's what God wants you to do and that's how I have treated you. Exactly. Yes. That's right. Oh, it's so challenging, isn't it? Yeah. And in your marriage, unforgiveness can just, like, fester away and bubble away under the surface if we hold on to it. So I really like the verse, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9, and um, I don't have it on me right now. I just realized, do you have the Bible straight up? I'm just looking on my phone. Um, Yeah, so Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. Here we go. Sorry, I was unprepared for my own thoughts. It says, Whatever would foster love covers over an offence, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Okay. So explain that one to me. So it says that when we harbour love, when we foster love, when we grow love, it covers over the thing that has offended us. But if we keep repeating it and festering on it and holding onto it and dwelling into it, then it separates close friends. It separates that relationship. And how sour is how true is that in marriage? That yeah. it can drive a wedge between us when we're repeating and festering on. Yeah. So if you think about it in marriage, unforgiveness drives a wedge and continues to separate. Whereas forgiveness sews a stitch and yeah. binds things back together. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So we've mentioned this before, but it's such an important thing. I don't mind mentioning it often. Is that resentment is one of the greatest corroding agents of of marriage. Mm. Like of of healthy, happy marriage, resentment is the thing that just eats away at that in the worst possible way sucks all of the joy and happiness out of being together and replaces it with disappointment and regret and neglect. And it's just, it's yuck. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the things that resentment can actually do is reframe the way that you look at the whole relationship. So um, Gottman calls it negative sentiment override. And what that means is that I have got so much bitterness and resentment towards the person that I am married to that every time they speak, I think that they're stupid or I think that they're an idiot or I can't believe that they said that. And every time I think about if somebody says, when was the last time you had fun? I wouldn't be able to tell you when it was. If somebody said, how was your wedding day? I'd be able to tell you all of the things that went wrong, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what I enjoyed on the day. So we actually put on those glasses of negativity, like the opposite of rose, poo-coloured glasses, if you will, where we see the world as terrible in the history of our relationship because we hold on to it so long. My granddad growing up, right, he hated Barry Manilow. (laughs) I don't don't know why. And, like, I think- It doesn't affect me in my life at all. No, (laughs) no, not at all. But, like, it's so much. And I think he, he had, like, some kind of encounter with him at some point through- when he was doing airline work or something. I don't know what it was, but every time he would come on TV, he'd be like, ah, oh, here he is again. And he'd start mocking him and, and, and mimicking him and stuff. Cause he just couldn't listen to anything he had to say. He was just like, could not stand <laughs> that guy. Um, so. Oh, my name was the same actually with the queen. 
And right. she'd be like, oh, that stupid old bat, turn the TV off. And I'm like, she's like the same age as you, yeah. but okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that, she hated it. But it's that same idea in marriage where like someone starts saying something, making a point, and instead of actually hearing them, you're just like, oh, this idiot again. Yes, you know? because you've, and that's the thing that forgiveness does. It takes off those glasses and it stops us from seeing the person as the behavior or the things that they've done or the hurt that they've caused us and helps us to see them as a human being, as a person who mistakes makes mistakes just as we do, as a person who Jesus has forgiven just as we have been forgiven, mm. as a child of God. And that's what God wants us to do when we forgive. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back here soon to wrap up on Faith FM. I love my God, but with no love of mine, for I have none to give. I love thee, Lord, but all the love is thine, for by thy life I live, and I am as nothing, I rejoice to be, emptied and swallowed up in thee. Lord alone art all thy children need, and there is none beside. From thee the streams of blessedness proceed, in thee the blessed abide. Fountain of life, and all abounding grace, our source, center, and our dwelling Interested in improving your parenting skills? What about learning how to pray? Maybe you're interested in living well and radically improving your health. Station partner Hope Channel Australia has a variety of free online courses to help you grow physically, mentally, and spiritually. Visit hopechannel.com forward slash au to find out more. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo. We've been talking about forgiveness today. We're talking about how Jesus said that we need to forgive as part of being forgiven and that it's a really hard saying that we kind of wish Jesus didn't include in Scripture. But we've been talking about how that affects your marriage, how it affects your relationship with other people and how it affects your relationship with God. 
And one of the things that I just want to make a disclaimer about quickly is that what we've been talking about when it comes to forgiveness is a relationship where you are equals with one another and you are both in that relationship. There's not a power differential or any kind of abuse because if one person is always forgiving the other person, if one person is expected to forgive and the other person can do whatever they want, that's not a healthy marriage. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about forgiveness where your safety is at risk. Yes. We're talking about forgiveness in, in other areas of common um, conflict in marriages. Just not- yeah, every day. Yeah. Yeah. So resentment, if we don't forgive can lead to distance between you as a couple. And it can be sexually and it can be emotionally that it can just drive that wedge in between us. That's right. Yeah, for sure. And so we need to get rid of it because just like um, the good parts of a relationship aren't just one time I told you that I loved you and 25 years later you should still be happy with that. It's actually the little things that we do every day. It works the opposite as well. If we're doing the negative little things every day, then that's eroding our marriage. So what we can do is, first of all, we can accept responsibility. Remember when I was talking about defensiveness before and about how I get, I put those walls up and I can't hear and I want to produce all the evidence against you? Sure. The cure to that is that you accept responsibility for your part in it. So even though the other person might have done the wrong thing, maybe there was a little moment where you screamed in their face. Maybe there was a tiny moment when you slammed the door. Maybe there was a moment when you rolled your eyes. Maybe you also have contributed to the conflict in some way and accepting your part, even if it is small, even if you feel it is not as big as the other person's part, it's really important that we accept our own part yep. in the conflict. It's that first part of the road to, to a resolution. Yes, yep. absolutely. Um, don't let your wounds fester. Some people say don't go to bed angry and like... But that can literally lead to arguing till three o'clock in the morning, which yeah. I don't think is a really healthy nah, thing nothing to good, do no, either. Nothing good happens after midnight in terms of conflict. You just get tighter <laughs> and angrier. And sometimes you do need to just go to bed and say, hey, let's just press pause. Let's, we'll come back to this after we've had a rest. I love what you said there about coming back to it, because if you don't come back to it, you are stonewalling your partner, and that is one of the four horsemen of just absolutely destroying your relationship. Stonewalling is not healthy. It is not connection. It is not intimacy. It is just blocking the other person out. And so when you have a conflict, you need to, if you can't handle it, take a break, agree on how long that break's going to be, and then come back to it later on. Um, Another one that you can do is let go of your grudges. So take off those glasses that just make everything look terrible and see the person for who they really are and let go of the grudge that you've got against them. Which is a very intentional process. Yes. It doesn't just happen. It's actually making the decision that, okay, I'm going to try to see them better. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes it's something you've got to pray, Lord, help me to do that. Help, help me to see this person yeah. that I think is an idiot, to <laughs> see them as someone that is actually a good person that you love. So. Yes. Um, think well of your partner. Assume that they are not a bad person and that their intentions are actually good. Yeah. They're actually okay. They're trying, the even best. though they keep stuffing it up, they're actually not trying to be a horrible person. They're yeah. just They're just an okay person. Assume that they're an okay person. Think well of them. Don't take it personally. I do that one. I take things personally. (laughs) 
And I think we can do that often. We can jump to conclusions like, why isn't he looking at me? He isn't looking at me because he hates me. He isn't looking at me because I've done something wrong. So don't take it personally. He might just be looking at something yeah. else. Don't write your own story. Yes. In your own brain. Yes. Of things that may have no bearing in reality. Yes. Yeah. And give the benefit of the doubt to your partner. Right. If there is a tiny possibility that they could have been had a good intention, had been a good person, give them that benefit of the doubt. And repair quickly after an argument. Don't let it fester. Try and make it right as soon as you can. And Gottman finds that in those relationships that it's often not how many times we fight or the fact that we fight because everybody does, but it's how we come back together afterwards. It's how we repair. How well we repair. How quickly we repair. That's right. Yeah. So, forgiveness is really important as just a part of your overall marriage satisfaction. Yeah. It makes your life better and it makes your marriage better when you are quick to forgive one another, which is why it's such an important thing to take from the things that Jesus said to do to everyone and make sure we bring that and it's part of our home. Absolutely. Because we don't want to be at a point where we go, hey, at least we didn't get divorced. We want to be at a point where we say our marriage was thriving, our marriage was successful, our marriage was based on grace and forgiveness and connection and love. And may that be your marriage story too. That's right. We've really enjoyed being with you this afternoon on Faith FM. Look forward to being back with you again next week.